Hi, and welcome back to the Be A Better Ally podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. The big umbrella question at the heart of this episode is the following. How might AI literacy be explored in the GSA or SOGI group on your school's campus? Now, if you're saying, Trisha, I'm not really even quite sure what AI literacy is, we are going to talk about a new-ish free guide I've put together that looks to explore both of those questions and sets you up with a few activities that you can implement with your student group. Now, I'd like to actually kick off this question introducing you to a term that maybe you are familiar with, maybe you aren't. It is techno chauvinism. And I've been thinking about it a lot because over the summer, I have been digging deep into the work of and research of author Meredith Broussard, who has a great book out called Glitch. You'll be able to find that, the link to that book over there in the show notes. And I want to quote to you um, some of Broussard's writing here. The full text where this quote comes from will also be over there in the show notes. Meredith Broussard writes the following. One of the ideas in the book is a kind of bias I call techno-chauvinism. Techno-chauvinism is the assumption that computers are superior to people or that a technological solution is superior to any other. Its time has come and gone. Instead, I would argue that we should be asking, what is the right tool for the task? Sometimes the right tool for the task is a computer. Other times the right tool is a simple board book in the hands of a child sitting on a parent's lap. One is not better than the other. It's about context. As an antidote to techno-chauvinism, I'd like to offer a collaborative path forward that pairs the best of human effort with the best of machine effort. The basic idea is this. Humans plus machines outperform humans alone or machines alone. Now, listeners, please do check out the links over there in the show notes that take you over to Broussard's work. She goes on to offer an example of what she means when she talks about that collaboration. And I think it's really important for us to be thinking more about, especially when you consider that it wasn't that long ago that Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates has said that AI chatbots are on track to help kids learn to read in 18 months' time. What are the ramifications of that? It's a great question to be asking. So coming back to my original question at the heart of this episode, how might AI literacy be explored in your GSA? What are some of the activities that we can set students up with in order to explore AI literacy within our GSA groups? Well, listeners, over there in the show notes, as I mentioned, you can find a link to download my free guide that's entitled AI Literacy and LGBTQ Plus Inclusion, the Pride Framework. Inside that free guide, I link you over to a wonderful article entitled Conceptualizing AI Literacy and Exploratory Review. This comes to us courtesy of the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong and Center for Education Innovation, 
uh, at Hong Kong University of Science and Technology. That research explores how AI literacy is going to be essential for students in the future of work and how artificial intelligence is going to show up in so many different components of our human lives, not just in the computer industries. What I appreciate is how they talk about this isn't just about having the so-called competitive edge at work or in the classroom, but this is essentially a literacy or a new skill set that everyone is going to need in response to this era that we are currently living in. I'm going to quote from that article, quote, AI literacy means having the essential abilities that people need to live, learn, and work in our digital world through AI-driven technologies, and this should be taught at the K-12 levels, end quote. Please do check out the link to that research because I think it really does position us to be thinking about AI literacy as an equity issue. Now, inside the guide, there's a few other key questions to be talking about and resources to help us understand or think differently about AI literacy. But I also want to go back to this idea that Bruce, Broussard introduced us to of techno-chauvinism and reminding us that technology is not necessarily a better problem solver than a human, but that when we collaborate, that's where the magic is. So one of the resources in this free guide will take you over to a menu where you and your GSA or your student group or your class can be looking at a few prompts and a few generated responses from ChatGPT and doing some work of critical analysis, comparison, and driving further dialogue. So one example is I prompted ChatGPT to answer the following question. What is one thing a teacher can do to better welcome gender diversity in their classroom? And I think it's really important for us to be um, having these experiments with students where we are looking at what ChatGPT gives back to us and discussing how ChatGPT does make information up, right? The technical term that's being thrown around is that it hallucinates. So I think it's great for us to, together with our students, prompt ChatGPT and then dissect some of the information that it gives back to us. So ChatGPT starts off by telling me one important thing a teacher can do to better welcome gender diversity in the classroom is to create a gender inclusive and affirming environment. Here's a specific action they can take. Use inclusive language and practices. Intentionally incorporate inclusive language and practices into everyday classroom interactions. Avoid assumptions about gender and use gender-neutral language whenever possible. For example, instead of saying boys and girls, use terms like students or scholars. Additionally, use inclusive examples and materials that represent diverse gender identities and expressions. So if I bring this to my GSA, or my Soji student group, I'm going to say, let's compare that advice with the examples that I've linked in. Those are on the document inside the free guide that come to us from leading organizations like GLAAD, The Trevor Project, Gigi, and advice that we would give 
what we know and appreciate due to our own lived experience. I think that's going to help students get a little bit of a better understanding that ChatGPT is not this all-knowing entity, right? We can use it to certain ends, but actually I think that question that I prompted ChatGPT for, it's going to be the human-generated answers and ideas that really grapple with that question better. Because if you go back and look at the response from ChatGPT again, it's kind of giving a lot of generalizations, but not really something that is specific, right? It uses that word inclusive a lot, but it doesn't really dig in to exactly what it means when it says inclusive. Going deeper into the guide, you're also going to learn more about how we can recognize bias, how we can better understand how algorithmic bias works. Because again, technology is not neutral. One of the games, this is a free online game that I've linked to inside the free guide, is entitled Survival of Best Fit. And this will take your students through how algorithmic bias does real harm because there are some organizations that rely on algorithms as part of their hiring process. So this is a great game. You can just take 20 minutes exploring and thinking about how algorithmic bias is not just a concept. There are real world implications. The free guide also lets us dig into what the research is doing to learn more about the impact of AI on the LGBTQ plus community. It also shows students how we can develop a routine of reporting bias that we notice. ChatGPT and OpenAI, the organization that ChatGPT comes from, does have some option for us to report bias. So might your GSA, your student group, actually kind of create an archive or a log of all of the times that you have done that? So I'd encourage you to check out that free guide. There are further activities for you to be looking at. You can also explore how AI is being leveraged to support LGBTQ plus youth. So I think having this balanced conversation about how this technology is going to impact us. What are some of the positives? What are some of the harms? What can we do to mitigate those harms? What can we do to learn more about the ways that bias is not going to be eradicated because of this new technology? I sometimes hear folks saying that, and it is a myth. If you use the PRIDE framework or any of the resources from this free guide, I'd love to hear back from you. My email address is over there in the show notes. And if you want to go further with resources like this, if you want to have a sustained dialogue about generative AI tools and education, I'd invite you to join the three-month generative AI cohort that I am co-facilitating through Shifting Schools. Our first cohort sold out. We have a new one that is starting this September. Every week of that three-month cohort, you get new provocations, you get resources, you get tools that you can put into practice, and you get access to one monthly webinar 
and an asynchronous Slack space where you can be in conversation with myself as a co-facilitator, as well as the other educators in the cohort. Now, listeners, I really, really appreciate you being a listener of this show. So from now until August 15th, you can use the promo code that's over there in the show notes to join that three-month cohort at half the price. I'd love to learn with you. So again, check out that promo code or check out my email address and let me know what other questions you have about the generative AI cohort. Hopefully the Pride framework is of use to you, your GSA, your student group, and for your own personal reflection. As we are seeing more and more generative AI tools pop up, I think it can be helpful for us to have a framework to bring that critical lens to these tools. Thanks again for listening. See you again next Thursday.